Thanks for listening to the Best of Coast to Coast podcast. And if you want to hear more than just this highlight from the show, become a Coast Insider and you can listen to the complete program, plus recent episodes about out-of-body experiences, the scientific search for extraterrestrial life, and biblical prophecies, which may have foretold our current state of global turmoil. So head on over to coasttocoastam.com and sign up for Coast Insider to catch up on what you may have missed from coast to coast. Now here's a highlight from Coast to Coast AM on iHeartRadio. Now, of course, you've written a book called The Nightmare Encyclopedia. Tell yeah. me about that. What, what made you study nightmares? Well, it started as dreams. I was interested in dream work. And, uh, you know, when we all dream and we all get into these kinds of things. And I think there's a lot you can learn about yourself through your own dreams. And I think the very best dream interpreter in the whole world is you the person who had the dream. You are best suited to interpret your own dreams. So starting that down that road, uh, I then started thinking about like, well, you know, dreams are great, but what are the ones we really remember? Uh, so, you know, so often by the time you eat breakfast, you've forgotten most of your dreams from the night before. But those nightmares stick with us, don't they? And so to me, a dream is a message from yourself to yourself. You are communicating deep inside and it's a message of some kind. And the brain communicates with, with imagery. Yeah. When, but a nightmare, that's a really important message. What is, it, what is it telling you, though? When, you, when someone has a nightmare, is there an outside source contributing to this? Or is it your brain trying to warn you about something? I think both are correct. And it depends how far down the rabbit hole we have time to get in the next you know, hour or so. But in some cases, it's, a, it's an issue nagging at yourself, and it can be that simple. It's just a, 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 you know, you're, you're having some issue in your personal life, maybe with your health, maybe with your work, whatever it is, it's nagging at you, and it's getting to the point where your, your subconscious is trying to get your attention with a nightmare. However, I also believe we are in a very prone state when we sleep. And we are susceptible to things like possible visitations, sometimes good visitations from loved ones and so on, sometimes bad ones. And those go back centuries, stories of those uh, attacks of the incubus and the succubus. And, of course, the old hag syndrome, which is what got me into nightmares in the first place. The idea that you can be asleep and then suddenly wake up completely paralyzed and, and feeling some sort of dark mass moving towards you complete panic and some sort of feeling like it's a spectral attack. And then hopefully that event lasts just a couple of seconds. For some people, I've heard it can last 20 minutes up to a half hour, and then it's over. Very frightening, but also explainable to a degree. And that's what I love about it. And, and also, considering we all sleep every single night and many of us have dreams, we still don't fully understand why we have to do that, why we have to sleep, why we dream. It's not completely understood. It's still a mystery. We do know if you go long enough without it, you'll, you'll break down and you'll eventually die. But That's we also true. know that something is going on while we're doing that. Why, why do we seem, Jeffrey, to remember the nightmares, but not a lot of people remember their general dreams? It, that's because it's speaking to a more primal part of us. Fear is so powerful, George. It's, so, it's tied to our long-term memory. I remember when I was, uh, I was in high school, and I had a very vivid nightmare about being on an airplane 
to this day, and this is a long time ago, I'm no spring chicken anymore, uh, to this day, I remember where I was sitting in the plane. It was on the left side aisle seat, uh, a little about halfway back over the wing. I remember all the people sitting around me. I remember the flight attendant, and I remember being in the air above the clouds, and suddenly the plane shook, it went dark, and we were doing a nosedive down through the clouds. Oh, gosh. And, it was, and then the next thing I knew, I was on the ground, and I was now witnessing the crash from the outside as the plane just plummets into a fiery fireball. And I woke up. Horrible. It was terrible. I was so scared, and I said, I will, I'm never going to fly again. That's what I said. That mo- I woke you up thought it was some kind of message, didn't I, you? That's exactly what I thought. And I said, I will never fly in an airplane again. And, and if we can fast forward, I've been on many airplanes all year long. And for years, though, I, I held true to that. I would say for maybe six years or so, I didn't get on an airplane. I was too scared. And then I, I started my professional life. I started working. And I realized, boy, there's some really cool places far away, and I don't want to walk there. And I made a deal with myself. I said, okay, this was so vivid. I still remember everybody. If I get on an airplane when I'm still safely on the ground, if I recognize people from my dream, no question, I get up and I walk off the plane. No questions asked. If I ever see the Mm -hmm. people around me, if I'm sitting in that seat, that's what I'm going to do. And that's the deal that I've stuck to. Uh, ever since. And I don't know why I had that dream, but I remember it all these years later because it was so frightening, because it spoke to such a a primal part. Uh, Being in an airplane, as you know, you're not in control. Your fate is left to the pilot. Could that have been a precognitive dream, Jeff? God, I hope not. I hope not either. Well, you got off the plane, though, somehow. I I did. I I, uh, I feel sorry for the people who didn't. Yeah, and that's the thing. So we remember these messages. We remember them because they could be a warning to us. They could be something precognitive. They could be uh, some message from someone or something, and, and they could be just a nagging issue. And that's what's so powerful about them. And I feel like if you want to understand yourself better, it's so easy. All you need is a notebook and a pen. Leave it next to your bedside and keep a journal when you wake up. Write down what you remember, put the date and you might start to learn an awful lot about yourself. Yeah, you probably can. Jeffrey Belanger, our special guest. His websites are linked up at uh, coasttocoastam.com, the Nightmare Encyclopedia. What has been, for you, one of the most fascinating aspects of studying nightmares? Okay, so can we talk a little more about old hag syndrome? Oh, yeah. We've talked a lot about that. That's That's a bizarre thing, too. And so I'm a guy that studies all legends and stories, not just ghosts, not just monsters, not just aliens. And that narrative is fascinating to me. So you're in bed, you wake up, and you are paralyzed. And then you see something coming towards you, and you can't move, and then the event is suddenly over. I've talked to people that said that was an attempted abduction by a gray alien. This is a a UFO experience. This is an, an abduction. I've heard the same exact description by someone who said, I was attacked. This was a spectral attack by uh, an incubus, a succubus, or by some kind of old hag, some kind of demonic attack while I was in my sleep state. And I've heard skeptical people say, this is a hypnogogic hallucination combined with temporary sleep paralysis. And at the end of the day, they're kind of all right. When we sleep, every 90 minutes we go into a sleep cycle where our body is naturally paralyzed. It's a normal part of the sleep cycle because your, your brain is so active that you could be kicking and flailing around, you could hurt yourself, you could hurt others. So you do paralyze yourself, it's normal. 
Sometimes we wake up in the middle of it. It's happened to me where I've woken up and I said, I'm, I'm suddenly wide awake, very conscious I'm in my bedroom. I didn't see anything coming toward me or anything like that, but I have woken up in the middle of that sleep cycle paralyzed. And then it was just maybe three, four seconds and I could move again. It, what happened was my brain sent the signal to my body saying, hey, we're awake, time to, time to turn it, the machine back on. So that does happen to us. But for people who go through it, especially repeatedly, it's horrible. They'll tell you, this, no, this is something bigger. This isn't just a synapse misfire in my brain. If it was a one-off, I could, sit, I could say, sure. But for some people, they are tormented by this. It goes on and on, and it's a very frightening thing to go through. Um, and so uh, to me, how you interpret it is, is what really matters. And if, now, there's also a story that really uh, got me intrigued in it, because in some cases, this, this event may have killed people. And this, was, uh, this goes back to the 1970s. The Hmong people from Laos were coming over to America uh, because of the Vietnam conflict. Sure. And Vietnam we were War. in the Laos and Cambodia. It was a mess. Right. And so people were trying to get out if they could. And as these Hmong people are coming to America, they're trying to assimilate into this new culture. And so they're losing some of their, their old ways where they would, uh, they would make offerings to their ancestors because they believe this creature called the Dao Cho would come to you and attack you. Same description, by the way. Sleep paralysis, wake up, paralyzed, dark mass coming towards you. That's the Dao Cho. It's got a name. It's, it's a monster. And you make offerings to your ancestors because they will fight this thing for you. Well, as they're assimilating, they feel a little silly doing their old rituals and so on. And these young, healthy men are dying in their sleep, unexplained, and it, to the point where they, they even gave it a name, sudden unexpected nocturnal death syndrome. The, the doctors saw fit to label this. Why are these otherwise healthy Asian men dying in their sleep for no apparent reason? And all they could come up with was folklore was that this Dao Cho was coming for them, that now that they're over here and not honoring their ancestors and so on, this creature is killing. And, of course, that was the story that would uh, go on to uh, inspire the great Wes Craven to create Freddy Krueger. Ah, that's right. <laughs> Nightmare on Elm Street. There was that, that tie-in, wasn't there? That was the impetus for him to say. And, and, huh. and what a, I mean, what a great horror masterpiece, right? Be, because the haunted house story... As you're watching a haunted house movie or story, you can always say, well, why not just leave the house? Are you crazy? This place is scary. Just get out. But you got to sleep. <laughs> Eventually, you're going to fall asleep, and that's what makes that, that character in that movie so powerful. I love it. Listen to more Coast to Coast AM every weeknight at 1 a.m. Eastern, and go to coasttocoastam.com for more.